to the Michigan Constitution Podcast, where the citizens of the Mitten State seek the pleasant peninsula between their state and federal identities through a deeper understanding of how Michigan's Constitution and its defining case law affects their everyday lives. Your host, Tony Snyder, is a licensed Michigan attorney with more than a decade of experience in private and government practice. Through this podcast, you'll better understand the unique characteristics of Michigan's supreme law and probably learn a few fun facts about federalism, too. And now, here's Tony. Welcome back to episode number 26 of the Michigan Constitution podcast. This time, I want to finish talking about Article 1, Section 10 of the Michigan Constitution. This is probably going to be one of the briefest podcasts I'll ever do, mainly because I find the third aspect of Article 1, Section 10, the impairment of contracts clause, to be dreadfully boring. There is one case that really hits home for this provision, and I'm going to briefly describe it, and then I'm going to get out of here. But first, your spoonful of legalese. The purpose of this podcast is merely to teach you what's in the Michigan Constitution. Each podcast will review a different article section, we'll talk about what it means, and we'll review Michigan case law, which helps us to better understand the effects of those constitutional provisions. Here's what this podcast is not. It is not legal advice. It is not legal expertise. Although I am a licensed attorney in the state of Michigan, I make no warranties as to the veracity of the statements I make within this podcast. First of all, I don't practice constitutional law. I practice administrative law. Second, the laws change on a day-to-day basis, as does case law. What might be applicable the day I make a statement about the Michigan Supreme Court could very well be outdated the day I post this podcast. If you think you're going to become a Michigan constitutional scholar because of my podcast, you're sadly mistaken. You'd do better with a Ouija board and a Magic 8-Ball. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. If you need Michigan legal advice, you would be well served to contact the State Bar of Michigan and ask for their Lawyer Referral Service Program for a referral to an attorney who specializes in your legal matter. The prohibition of governmental impairment of a contract is included in both the United States and the Michigan Constitution. The intent in both instances was to prevent the federal and state government from passing debtor relief legislation. Although not around at the time, a credit card bill would be a prime example. When you sign up for a credit card with a credit card company, you're making an agreement with that bank that you will pay back any debts that you charge up when you go shopping with that credit card. What the credit card companies don't want is for the government to come in and wipe away your credit card debt with a piece of legislation saying that you no longer owe that debt. Why? Because when you signed up for that credit card, what you've done is signed a contract agreeing you'll pay that money back. After all, a credit card is nothing more than a bank fronting you the money to purchase those items off from Amazon with the contractual agreement that you will pay the bank back for the money they fronted you. And that's all credit really is. Putting up money on your behalf with the promise that you'll pay back the bank who provided said money. Now, real quick, don't confuse this with the concept of bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is certainly that is provided for under the Constitution, but that's wiping away all debts. That's not the Michigan legislature going in and, and, and passing a bill that says people with 
brown hair and brown eyes who charged up credit cards on January 1 through March 1st of 2020 can have their debts erased. That's not what this that's not what we're talking about with bankruptcy. This is legislation that's actually going in and saying we're going to wipe away this person's debt. That is being prohibited under this provision. So the value to a prohibition against the government coming in and interfering between you, the debtor, and the bank, who is called the creditor, is that when the creditor has you sign a contract, they know that contract can be enforced in a court of law. But what if the government could come in and just wipe away your debt thanks to a special piece of legislation introduced in Lansing? Well, then creditors would be far less inclined to front people money because the banks would fear the elected officials in Lansing might just periodically wipe that debt away every election season. Think about it. You owe $25,000 in credit card debt. The governor and the Michigan legislature are up for re-election. What's the best way to ensure you'll vote to re-elect them? Why, passing a bill which would wipe all your credit card debt away. It certainly sounds good, doesn't it? That's part and parcel why this prohibition is in both our United States and Michigan Constitution. Now, to be clear, this doesn't mean that no laws can be created which impacts the obligations of contract. For example, our contract clause prohibits retroactive changes to the terms of a contract, meaning if the contract is in effect, our government can't go in and tinker with the existing provisions of a properly executed contract. Similarly, if you've been vested with certain rights thanks to a contract, that can't be undone by subsequent legislation or changes to the Michigan Constitution. But the state does have some ability to be involved in a contract, such as to enforce the police powers of the state. That will, that will be allowed. And this means the prohibition of contract killings or marriages to minor children. That would never be allowed. You cannot create a contract to engage in legal activity. It's why drug dealers never ask their buyers to sign a warranty contract before selling them crack cocaine. The Michigan Constitution will allow for reasonable laws to be enacted for the good of the people, even if there is an impact on the operation of a private contract. So no doubt you're probably then asking yourself, well, what exactly constitutes a reasonable law? Great question. The Michigan Supreme Court dealt with this exact question in the case of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan versus the Michigan governor. The Supremes provided us with a standard to help determine whether a state law violates this contracts clause provision of our Constitution. But before I get into these, let me give you a real-life example that as of uh, January 2021, we're literally dealing with right now because of COVID eviction prohibitions. Due to the high unemployment rate, we're seeing state governments prohibiting the eviction of tenants from their rented apartments and housing units. Isn't this an interference by the government between two private parties who entered into a contract? The landlord contracts to provide a place for a tenant to live because the tenant promises to pay for that location. But now you've got government telling the landlord you can't evict a tenant for failure to pay their rent because of unemployment due to the pandemic. Is this an impairment of a contract? Well, let's find out. There are four elements which must be evaluated. So you be the judge. Number one, the law must have a substantial impairment of the contractual relationship. 
So what does even that mean? The law must affect a substantial impairment of a contractual relationship. If somebody's pay not paying, as the case would be, for their apartment, although they are contracted that they are every month supposed to pay for living in that apartment, is this instance a substantial impairment of the contractual relationship? And a critical factor in determining the extent of the impairment of a contract is the history of past state regulation of the parties to the contract. So what the Michigan Supreme Court is saying there is, if we look back over history, do we see where there's been state regulation of these types of parties to a contract? And I would probably make an argument that, yeah, there has been a history, particularly landlord-tenant laws, for a long, long time. There have been protections that have given been given to both tenants who rent apartments as well as landlords who do the renting of those apartments. They're each given their own set of rules, but also protections. If the impairment is minimal, there's no constitutional violation. But if the impairment is severe then there must be a showing of a significant and legitimate public purpose behind this regulation and the means adopted by the legislature to achieve the public purpose must be reasonably related to that public purpose. So what I believe that the Michigan government would likely argue is even if a, even if the judge says, you know what, I, I think that this is a substantial impairment against the landlord, the state of Michigan would likely come in and say, okay, judge, I, I get that. I appreciate why you would see that to be a substantial impairment. However, we as the state of Michigan, we believe that there is a significant and legitimate public purpose behind prohibiting the eviction of tenants during a pandemic because of unemployment. Because if you're allowed to evict all of these tenants from their apartments because they haven't been paying it due to being unemployed from COVID, you're going to put all of these people out on the streets. They're literally going to become homeless. And we, as the state of Michigan, believe that there is a legitimate public purpose in allowing these tenants to at least continue to live their for we'll say for free, they, they they still will owe the money, but they're they they just don't have to pay it every thirty days like they like they've contracted that they would. There is a public purpose behind allowing them to continue living there, not being allowed to be evicted. Because if we did allow them to be evicted, they would then become homeless, and that presents a, an entirely new slew of problems. You know, this is for you listeners to decide. Do you believe that in an instance where during a pandemic prohibiting a landlord from evicting a tenant for non-payment of rent because they're unemployed due to the pandemic, is that a legitimate reason for the government to be involved in a contract and, you know, impairing the the or effectuating the the terms of the the contractual agreement? I'm not making that decision for you. That is for you as the listener to decide. Because if you're a landlord, you're going to make the argument the other way around. You're going to say, sure, you may have become unemployed because perhaps you were in the restaurant industry. Right now, people that are in the restaurant industry are feeling the uh, impact of COVID the hardest. Could they not have gone and, and obtained employment somewhere else for the purposes of maintaining and, and making their, their rent payment? And that's what you would argue if you were the landlord. So I'm not trying to make an argument one way or the other. I'm just trying to present to you what these four elements would be, because that's how a judge is going to evaluate whether or not the government is improperly 
impinging on and infringing in this constitutional protection of, listen, we're not going to screw around with private contracts. All right, listen, that's going to do it for Article 1, Section 10. We've reviewed ex post facto laws, bills of attainer, and now impairment of contracts. These are three topics that have been shoehorned into the one provision. But if you'd like to reach out to me, I am at Tony Snyder on Twitter. You can also find me at www.tonysnyder.com. Until next time. The Michigan Constitution Podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not offer legal advice or create an attorney-client relationship. This podcast is hosted by Tony Snyder. For more information, visit TonySnyder.com, send an email to podcast at TonySnyder.com, or follow Tony on Twitter at Tony Snyder. Catch new episodes on the 1st and 15th of each month. Thanks for listening.